everybody. Welcome back to episode 37 of the Canberra Football Show, reviewing all things round 14. Unfortunately, had a few washouts this week, so we don't have as many matches, but we do have just as quality of discussion to bring to bring to the table. First, we welcome back to the show, Russ Gibbs. Russ, how are you going today? Much better than last week. I'm see. great, and I just want to say congratulations <laughs> on your uh, Euro win. You didn't invite me on last week. I assume you thought I might have been sulking a well, bit. I was, I was thinking about bringing you and Paul Townsley on. I'm like, oh, but I don't, I don't want to be that guy just to rub it in, in, in your face. So, you I, look, I thought it was a good game at the end of the day, and I thought um, your man in Nets, Donnarumma, just proved exactly oh, he what amazing. he was. Great goalkeeper. And when he gets to penalties and you've got to get past someone who's nine foot seven yep. and he fills the entire goal up, it's quite difficult. So, I mean, the fact he was off his line for every single one he <laughs> saved and VAR didn't look at it. Hey, let's be honest though. <laughs> Switzerland started that trend, did they not? They did. Yeah. I think they did, yeah. No, that was good. It was a good tournament, wasn't it? It was good to have um, football on for a month. And I think we all felt a bit like, I don't know about you, but I was quite let down when I had nothing to watch at 5am in the morning when my kids woke me up. So I was happy to uh, see that the... Premier League clubs had some pre-season friendlies yesterday, so I got to watch United and Derby last night. And the Olympics are on, let's not forget, in a yep. couple of days. 9.15, uh, is it? Australia are both on. I think the first Matilda's match is at 9.30 and the first uh, men's match is at 8.30. So all our time, the, the, the latest time we're going to get for the Olympics matches at 9.30 at night. That's pretty Fantastic. good. Beautiful. I believe. Well, that's better than... Yeah. I'm not sure if, if one of them made the finals, I'm not sure what it'd be then. But for the group games, I'm pretty sure the latest match is 9.30 and that's the women's. Latest match for men's is 8.30. Yeah, the only sour point, obviously, on the whole Euros it. experience was that thing at the end with the uh, racial abuse yeah. of the three lads. And I saw that the German Olympic team walked off in, in midweek for their friendly against Honduras because one of their players was racially abused. So hopefully it doesn't get to the stage where they have to keep doing that before something gets done. But um, I think we're all on the same page about that anyway. So. Look, we certainly are. It's not good to see and glad to see people are taking a stand in that regard. Michael, welcome back to the show. How's it going today? Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Um, it's good to see, you know, that I'm getting that constant reminder from you that Italy have won the Euros because you just can't <laughs> seem to take off any Italian shirt that you've got. So yeah, Paul. Um, yeah. So I did. I did the commentary with Paul Townsend. He's like, if you bring an Azuri shirt, I'm walking off. And I'm like, and then I showed up to the show, uh, to the game. I'm like, Paul. Uh, luckily, my shirt's in the wash. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably in tatters by now. I'm like, yeah, probably. Let's be honest, Michael. The, the the positive thing is, is there's a World Cup next year, so they, at least we only get it for six months, yep. uh, for twelve months rather. Than a little 20, longer. Rather yeah, than that's 20, right. Like 14, 16 <laughs> yeah. months, yeah. Yeah. Off rather than rather than two years of it. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's uh, let's start the show a little bit differently since we don't have as many matches to talk about. Obviously, a lot of the uh, matches were washed out. Uh, due to the uh, rain and let's not forget half the pitches that the MPL teams play on are multi-purpose pitches and what's led this discussion is the Gangalan enclosed stadium that was used by either Rugby League or Union on the Saturday and it was left as an absolute uh, mosh pit. I even showed someone at work today who is mostly an AFL guy and he looked at it and he's like, oh wow, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. And for people from those sports who are used to playing on stuff like that or have played on that before. Even they were like, geez, that's pretty bad. And they'd understand that it's very hard to play football on it. So yeah, let's, uh, let's chat about this a little bit. Um, Russ, you can lead the way since you're the, uh, the influencer on, uh, uh, online. Uh, Diego Iglesias sent me the picture and I was so disgusted by what I'd seen. He told me it was rugby league that had done it. Um, and I was more annoyed the fact that it's ruined it for not just football, but it's ruined yeah. it for AFL as well, because you can't play on that. I mean, you come down from, I'm no AFL expert, you yeah. come down from a mark on a frozen yeah. field that's rutted like that and your knees are going, your ankles yeah. are going. Again, that's going to take months and months to fix. And that's okay. going to take you talking about trying to get some grass on that. So cricket in the summer, 
I mean, that field's possibly out of action for a long time. I'm no expert on fields either, but it just looked that it was no consideration for any other sport to play on it. And I know they've got to play their games and, and, and fine there's as much as everybody else, but on a multi-purpose field where there's other sports to take into consideration as well, I thought it was a little bit selfish of that code um, to, to actually go ahead and do it. And I think everybody um, has mostly agreed with us in, in that respect as well. And I think there's a, um, it wasn't just the only field in, in um, Canberra that was played on by, by that code. A union called off a game, I think, at Queen Bean Campesi Oval because they knew yep. that the damage would be done and they wouldn't be able to play on it for a few weeks. So they had the foresight to do it. Other union teams did too as well. So you just wonder why that code decided that they would go ahead with their matches. It, it just beggars belief, really. Uh, any thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Russ, you touched on it there with the um, with the sort of photo and, and and the video that was sort of going around uh, from you know the the Gunners uh, Stadium there of the state of the pitch. And I mean, seeing that video, um, I, I just couldn't believe it. To to be quite honest, I was almost in in shock, like in awe. Um, you know, to see the state that it had been left in, and you know, and that's sort of the sort of the problem and the issue with these sort of multi-sport venues when sort of situations like this come around where um, there's a lot of rain and, you know, particularly in in rugby league, you you can sort of play on those conditions because the ball that they use and, and the rules obviously doesn't make them have to play the ball sort of on the ground predominantly most of the time, like it does in football. So, I mean, when, when they've got a game going on there and they're sort of running around and, um, you know, tearing, tearing the pitch up, it, it, fall, it has a massive fallback in, um, in relation to, you know, football games that, ha- that you know, have to be played on, on these grounds because we can't, you, you can't pass a football around in that. You can't, you can't run around. You can't play the game the way that you, that you want to um, in those conditions. And yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure where... We sort of go from here. I, I know that we're not sport for choice in terms of venues around sort of the Canberra region, and um, we, we need to be sharing uh, these grounds so we can cover multiple sports. Um, but I, I think in situations like this, it it sort of just makes me think. Um, you know, it, it'd be great to sort of have sort of more grounds around Canberra that were sort of just more fo- football based, and if we had situations like this where there's a lot of rain. Um, then games would get cancelled like normal, but there wouldn't be sort of any other sports being played on it to damage the field. And, you know, that takes, you know, months on end to just recover. So, And we're not bashing a code here. I mean, yeah. this isn't about... No, definitely the code. not. The code. They've got every right to play. Yeah. They feel that they should do. Um, in the UK, Saracens played their premiership rugby games on a hybrid turf, um, hybrid... Uh, you know, artificial grass turf, and they play union on that as well. So you're wondering why can't the rugby codes together get themselves a hybrid field or two? And then, yes, it costs money, but surely that would be a, a way ahead. And then if they do get wet weather, they could take their, their game to that hybrid field and play on it. And you, and I, and obviously, realistic, it costs a lot of cash um, to do that, but it's surely it's a better way ahead for everybody. Yeah, most definitely. It's just, yeah, if the... If the it just begs the question if, you know, if, if the money's there to do so, obviously it would do better for everyone um, involved in, in all the sport codes uh, as well. But, I mean, we'll, 
we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's something that, you know, that we've witnessed uh, before and it's just unfortunate. Um, and like you said, Ross, we're not um, bashing on these on these sports or anything like that. We we, we understand that they that they have games uh, to, to play. Um, it's just uh, it's just on the flip side of that. It's just always a little um, disappointing um, that the pitches do take time uh, to, to recover, especially when there's a lot of rainfall going around uh, around Canberra. Um, Both those codes that we talked about as well have got t- teams in the top tier of their sport with more finances than yeah. than football, and yet football managed. Yeah, the football's managed to build itself some artificial um, surfaces that are good enough to play on when we do have games that are cancelled. And yeah, players don't want to play on them all the time, but but rather than not play, at least you can have a couple of games on it. So I think it's probably something for them to look at. And, and as you said, we don't bash other sports. Um, football fans seem to be far more um, relaxed with our place in the world yeah. and of other sports. Yeah, and um, I was going to ask, remember, it was, a, was it like a month ago or something, like when they knew it was going to rain on the weekend, on a Thursday or something, Capital Football ended up moving literally like 90% of the matches, yeah. including MPL2, which last year, they didn't move any MPL2 matches at last minute to synthetic. Uh, do you reckon they'll do something like that this weekend? Since it seems like there's going to be at least four days of rain at the moment. It's 80%, four days of rain from Thursday to Sunday. I think there's already one game on a synthetic anyway. Isn't yeah, there? I think, uh, uh, and Peel uh, 2. Yeah, Wanderers not home as well uh, this weekend. I can't remember. Let me check if the Brindies. In, 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 in the uh, MPL 1, I think. Melrose, synthetic, West Canberra. Yeah, Melrose, yeah. West Canberra versus Canberra. West Canberra. So, I mean, the, the, the fields might be available. Look, I mean... You look at O'Connor, um, that's due to be played on this weekend. Nigel Noval is due to be played on this weekend. I'm already hearing um, today that that might not happen. Uh, there's another, you know, what we have four days worth of rain coming in yeah. from Wednesday through the weekend. So I'm sure there'll be some changes going around. Because, and it rained today as well. Yeah. North side anyway. So mm-hmm. look, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they've got some things up their sleeves. I mean, there's a pile of matches coming up in midweek as well for us to... Um, to look at when they start rearranging them as well. So it's not all bad news, but I think it's frustrating for everybody involved when we get situations like we saw on the weekend. Oh, look, it certainly is, but uh, hopefully this weekend, uh, if there is heaps of rain, the majority of the matches can be moved onto those pitches because we do have some situations like with MPL2 where White Eagles and like White Eagles, for example, have two matches to play at the is moment. Is that one of them this week? Supposedly, is that right? Queen Bee and White Eagles sometime this week. I hope it's uh, midweek, but uh, before yeah, before that happens, though, they've still got two matches to replay. Uh, so you don't want a situation where a team has. I meant their replay game. Yeah, in yeah. The first round, yeah. It should be, but you don't want a situation where you could have a team possibly having three matches, to, you know, to play during the last yeah, seven right. matches of the. Because we're on to the last seven rounds at the moment and you don't want a situation where, like, for example, White Eagles, you don't want them to have three games to play all of a sudden. So, it's all right. I spoke to Ryan Grogan on Saturday morning and I said, you can play Monero Panthers on the Tuesday as a warm-up, up here Leichhardt in the FFA Cup on the Wednesday and then Gungarland on the Thursday as your recovery. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds fine, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly does. All right, yeah, let's get... A whole lot of uh, player cramps in those three days, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, we just discussed it there. So let's get straight into MPL one, shall we? The the all the two matches that we've got at the moment. Belcon United got a massive win, one nil over West Canberra Wanderers. Fields got the own goal there. And fortunate own goal from Fields uh, proved to be the difference. 
as the big takeaway from this encounter, of course, is this is Bell Conan's first victory since they beat Canberra Croatia. Was it in round five for us? Yeah. Oh, round, yeah. So that long time coming. They'll they'll see it as a long time coming anyway, Bell Conan. Um, the question for them is can they use this as a platform to start getting some uh, string of wins together? In terms of West Canberra, that's um, that's a couple of losses in a row now. But for West Canberra, whenever they've been in a position where they've got like two or three losses in a row, uh, Yulsa De Silva and, and the side seem to re- reinvigorate themselves, find a new plan, and end up getting on a, a positive stretch themselves. They find themselves in fourth place now, and uh, uh, Gungala United still have uh, that match in hand against the Tigers. So it looks like they've sort of cemented themselves in third place for the for the time being, but it's still very open. So I'm intrigued to see how West Canberra bounce back because, like I mentioned, they've done, already done that a couple times this season where they've bounced back from some uh, not-so-great form. So, Russ, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think they'll be disappointed, West Canberra. They didn't come away with something from the game. It was a, it's a winnable match for them, as it was for Belconning United. You talked about the goal early on. It was a great free kick from Dustin Wells, and poor Lachlan Fields couldn't really do anything but stick a leg out, and uh, Mason Interlandy had no chance. Other than that, chances very few and far between for both teams. It was a bit of a midfield battle and it was a horrible day. It was cold. It was, it was miserable. It had been raining and um, the game didn't really hit any great heights, but I don't think um, Fab Michelli would really care. They got the three points on the board and that's important for them. As he said, it's only put them into sixth on 17 points, but there's that big log jam of, of teams now that, that are pushing. And I mentioned the other week that five into two doesn't go and we're still looking at that. And that's assuming that Canberra, Croatia and Tigers stay where they are in the top two positions. But um, good result for, for Balconnell United. They needed that. Um, just goes to show how tight the league is. If you've not won since round five and you're still in with a shout for the top four, West Canberra Wanderers. Well, we talked about whether they're bounced back, didn't we? And then they got themselves a win a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, and they're back to square one again. And I think at the moment with them, it's just finding the right balance with their team. Yeah, he had Jay Selden on the bench on the weekend. Marco Yadrich had an injured arm from the clash at uh, Tigers when he was um, caught by Nathan Medjic. So he didn't start and that made a big difference for them as well. But, you know, it was, it was, it was again, it could have gone either way and the early goal settled it. And you were at the game. How well did the McKellar pitch uh, hold up? Because I've talked to a few people and it seems to drain quite well. I know it's made specific, it was made specifically for football at the time. So it was yeah. made to also, it was also made to sort of drown out uh, any situation. Yeah. So can you just explain that for the viewers yeah, at home I that mean, said, wow, you, look at that pitch. If you get out to um, McKellar Evan, and you watch it, you get down a pitch club, you'll see it. It kind of goes like this. There's a kind of little bow to it in the middle. So it drains mm-hmm. from the middle out to the side. So any rain that comes on it obviously drains off and it's really well designed in that respect. Makes it horrible for some players when you're chasing the through ball sometimes because it just bounces off down that hill. Um, it's, it's not noticeable as such, but yeah, it was in fantastic um, condition. It had the 23s on it, much like Deacon Stadium was the day yeah. later and the credit to to the grounds crew of both those for getting those games on. But it goes back to the point we made at the start of the broadcast, doesn't it? Um, both those grounds, yeah. football specific, hasn't had any heavy traffic. They can, can pull games off when, off and on when they like. And this is what happens. We get two two matches on pristine surfaces. Next matchup, we have uh, Canberra, Croatia, uh, up against Gungahlin United. And I mean, well, what a result uh, for Gungahlin uh, United. I'm not sure too many people would have expected a a result as big as this uh, coming. Um, so we had um, Bernabo Madrid uh, on the score sheet uh, for Gungahlin. Uh, he scored a double, uh, whereas Michael John finished off the game with a fantastic hat-trick. Uh, and Barra uh, got on the score sheet for Canberra uh, Croatia. It's another astonishing result 
um, at the expense of Canberra, Croatia, and it's really not looking good uh, for the defending champions at the moment. These last two weeks have proved exactly to be the case. You know, conceding five goals uh, at home in back-to-back uh, games is a serious uh, cause of concern, I'd say, for the playing group uh, and coach uh, Dean Nugrinich. Um, you know, the the, the Croatian defence, uh, they've been exposed uh, again as, as they struggle to deal with, you know, the attacking threat that, that Gunners uh, do possess with the array of talent that they have up there, like I mentioned with uh, Bernabo Madrid and Michael John wreaking absolute havoc. Um, and, you know, it, it was just a scintillating display um, from, the, from the away side. Uh, and I mean, if you're Mar- Marcel Munoz, uh, you, you've got to be absolutely pleased uh, with that result. And, and those are the sort of performances that Gungahlin are definitely capable of uh, with the personnel that they have. Um, but they just haven't managed to really sort of build that on any sort of consistent basis uh, throughout the season. But, I mean, this performance was right up there with the very best that they've put forward this year. Um, Russ, what did you make uh, of this result? Uh, obviously, four goals uh, in the second half uh, from uh, Gungal United to really stamp their authority uh, in this game and um, make it a very convincing uh, victory uh, in the end. Yeah, deja vu for Cameron Croatia, wasn't it? And they yeah. got caught on the break like they did the week before against Olympic. And they were absolutely ruthless, whether the defence was too square, whether they played too high up the park, and whether the, the Gungana front line was just too good. It was a, a great performance from Marcel Munoz and his team. He would have been absolutely chuffed with the uh, introduction of his substitutes as well. Ethan Stamatis came on and created a goal. Tommy Kirklitz came on and, and create, played his part in one of the goals. All his subs that he brought on did a job for him, and and they were just ruthless. I, I've struggled to remember Sam Brown really having a save to make, and yet he's picked the ball out of the net five times again. He must be wondering what's going on. Um, questions will be asked, of course, for Canberra Croatia. It's not the end of the world. Uh, my mind goes back being a United fan to the mid nineties when United got beat uh, six three at Southampton and five 0 at Newcastle in successive weeks, and the writing was on the wall for Ferguson, and they were saying they're all done, and they went and won the double. So, I mean, it's, it's, it happens sometimes to good teams. You get caught out and, and it becomes a bit of a slump. It's how they, it's how they react to it. And this weekend, and um, we'll talk about it in a minute, is, is a perfect time, time to turn around and show them what they're capable of. I mean, there was a turning point in the game. At 1-0, Josh Laguda um, brings down Daniel Barac as he's in on goal. Uh, many people have had conversations with me about it and I spoke to the referee about it as well. And it was one of those ones that could have gone 50-50. If he'd been oh. sent off, I think... Nobody would have would have complained if he gets a yellow card. Nobody's really complaining. You're like, well, would Barrett have got on the end of the ball? I said at the time, I think as a striker, I'm feeling that I would have got that and scored. You know, that's how my mentality would have worked. As a keeper, you're thinking, well, I've sent him wide. He's not getting that ball, so it's a yellow card. So it's one of those things that, that football incidents, doesn't it? But it, games can turn like that because he didn't have a substitute goalkeeper, Marcel Munoz. Um, so they would have had to play would have been, what, 65 minutes or so with with um, 10 men and an outfield player in goal, and that probably changes the whole complexion of the match. But let's take nothing away from Gungano United. Ruthless on the break. Bernabo Madrid um, in great form with two goals. Michael John took his goal superbly. Those two with Mishkanomoski, one of the best front lines in the competition, and when you've got those players that can score, you're going to go far. And I said in commentary on the weekend, their start of the season where they got five points from the first five games seems an awful long way away now, doesn't it? All of a sudden, we're talking about them as being potential title contenders, um, getting themselves back into the mix with that game in hand against Tigers. And 
great performance for Gungarlin. Slight undertone to that game as there was, there has been a few times. I think it boils back to the last time Gungarlin put five past Canberra Croatia. I don't think um, that went down very well with, with too many people involved with Canberra Croatia. And those games have been feisty affairs since then. And, uh, and, and it continued on the weekend. There was a fair bit going on off the ball, challenges going in. And to counter the Josh Laguda argument, I actually thought that Gungarlin should have had a penalty. I thought Matt Gerda should have brought down Michael John in the first half as well. So swings and roundabouts, that's football for you. Matt, any uh, thoughts on this uh, result? Um, I, I'm looking forward to see how, we'll talk about it in a bit, but I'm looking forward mm. to see how Camp Croatia back up against Tigers because the theme here has been over the last couple of weeks is that Canberra Croatia have been done on the pay uh, on the break with a lot of pace. And mm-hmm. we all know that's what Tigers do best. I know they have the upper hand uh, historically over the last few fixtures against the Tigers, but if they don't come up with the solution quickly, there might be an issue on the weekend, but they usually do always show up for this Tigers match. So I'm really intrigued to see the match this weekend. Not that I wasn't already because this is always a big match, but I'm even more intrigued to see with this little subplot that we've got. But credit, like you mentioned, credit to Gagalin United. It seems like the last couple of weeks, they really have been finding their consistency. They've been finding their momentum. Like Russ mentioned, all the subs that have come on have done really well. All the youngsters are doing really well. They're stepping up to the mark whenever they come on. And... I guess what's important for Gagalin as well is more than just more than just um, Bernabeu Madrid is being uh, clinical in the uh, box, which was probably something that wasn't it, at the start of the season. It was probably just Bernabeu Madrid that was being consistent in front of goals. Now you've got a, a, a variety of players being consistent in front of goals, uh, which is great to see. So and the creativity behind that ball from yeah. Robbie Kachenko. Fantastic. Um, straight after they went to 2-1 when Daniel Balak scored. It was a great ball and Michael John took it superbly well. Not quite sure what happened with the Daniel Balak goal. It was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, but of Renee, I don't know whether he kicked the ball into his own foot or just missed it. Um, gave him an absolute gift. But I think Daniel Balak is suspended now for the weekend as well. And uh, Jason Ugrinich, um had a medial tear. Um, Matt Waters has a groin strain. So whether they're going to be back on the weekend is possibly doubtful as well. So there's three big players already out for a team that's been shipped 10 goals in two games. It's certainly going to be an interesting uh, foray into the weekend. Good little segue there, Michael. What are our uh, round 15 matches? Yeah, so first up, we've got uh, West Canberra Wanderers against Gungahlin United, uh, Saturday, July 24th, quarter past one at Melrose uh, Synthetic. As we were sort of discussing before, with given the synthetic surface, uh, we probably... Probably we'll see this game uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go for a Gungahlin United uh, victory uh, here. I think you can't come off a better result uh, than the one that they managed to pick up against Canberra Croatia, and they've really got to ride that wave of momentum that, momentum that they've got uh, at this moment in time, and they're playing some great football. All their uh, attacking players are um, playing sensationally well. Um and uh, they're really looking to sort of cement themselves now as, as like you mentioned before, us a, a title a contender after a slow start uh, to the season. So uh, I expect them to continue that uh, momentum, but it certainly won't be easy as well. Uh, you know, West Canberra Wanderers um, are obviously a quality side. They've picked up great results throughout the, throughout the year. So um, 
it's going to be a tight, tightly contested game uh, at Melrose, but I do expect uh, Gungahlin just to pivot slightly. Yeah, I agree. I th- I'm going with Gungahlin here, but it's not going to be as um, it's not going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Wanderers will come up with a good game plan to sort of combat Gungahlin. I think this is going to be a close one, but like you mentioned, Gungahlin absolutely lethal on the counter. All the young players are playing really well, and in uh, up front they are just very efficient at the moment. I'm going to go with the Gungahlin United victory. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, big game for Gungahlin. This isn't it because you don't want to go away for three points. Um, beating Canberra Croatia convincingly like he did and then drop points here because what will happen if they win on the weekend they'll start to create that little bit of a gap between them and West Canberra Wanderers as well which you talked about them wanting yeah. to cement that third place um, position that that's this is a perfect time to do it get out there on the synthetic they had a great result there earlier in the season I think it was 4-1 in the first match of the campaign so there'll be confidence flowing through the veins Eric and Garland United West Canberra Wanderers will need a recovery from them, themselves and um it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it ends up a draw, but um, the form that the Gunners are in and the form their forwards are in, you'd expect them to win. Yeah, I think before we uh, move on to the next match, I think it's also important to note that, you know, you've got um, West Canberra Wanderers in fourth position there, but just underneath them, Canberra Olympic, they've got a game in hand and they're actually two points behind them. So there's a lot for West Canberra to be playing for up against this game against... Uh, um, Sorry, my God, I just had a bit of a brain explosion Gungarland. against Gungahlin. That's right. Um, so there's a lot on the line for them because they've been a top four side for most of the season, uh, but there's sort of recent lapses where, like you mentioned earlier, where they've gone two, three games um, suffering losses. Um, it's put them in difficult positions to, um, you know, maintain their top four status. And, you know, you've just got Olympic there that, uh, two points off with that game in hand. So, I mean, if they take advantage of that, West West Canberra find themselves out, out of the top four and then they're really fighting hard to try and get themselves back in it. So uh, it's a very, very important game uh, for them in terms of their top four hopes. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Just before uh, you do, Marco, just yeah, have a game yeah. in hand against Tuggerong as well. So it's one they'll look at yeah. if they can win um, and really put the pressure on. So, I mean, again, Tuggerong will hope they can win as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one. Yeah, and... So- Oh, sorry, before we move on to the next match, I forgot to mention the matches that were postponed this uh, week. Thanks for p- pointing that out to me, Russ. Uh, we got we had Monaro Panthers and Tigers FC replay of the FFA Cup qualifying final that was postponed and Tugger and United against Canberra Olympics. So I was more pointing out the Olympics games against oh, okay. Tuggerong. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, what's our next matchup? So we've got Canberra Olympic up against the Monaro Panthers uh, Saturday, July 24th. Uh, 3 p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. So we'll see how O'Connor is going to hold up. Uh, but I did see photos of that ground uh, as well, and it's not looking uh, too good. But we'll just see how things sort of play out during the week and if that game uh, is going to go ahead or not. But regardless, um, it's going to be a very uh, tough uh, contest. I mean, Canberra Olympic, obviously, um, coming on the back of that fantastic win that they got against Canberra Croatia 5-1 at Deakin Stadium. Uh, and the Panthers building a little bit of momentum uh, now as well uh, as they sort of look to build up on points and really get themselves in that top four uh, picture. Um, I'm going to go for a draw, a share of the spoils in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be an, a very tight match. I, I can't really pick either side based on their form. Uh, at the moment so I think it's just going to be better 
uh, for me to stay on the fence uh, and go with the draw in this one. I can't really pick any sort of area where uh, or any significant area where one team has a massive advantage over the other at this moment in time. Both teams are playing well, so I'm going to go for uh, a draw in this game. Yeah, look, I don't think... I think you're spot on there. I don't think there will be much of a massive advantage between each side. I'm going to go slightly with the Monaro victory. I think they're going to be... I think they're going to be uh, raring to go because I know they beat Tuggeron, but they wouldn't have been happy with the way that match started for them. They went behind and Tuggeron were on top of them uh, for large periods of that game until they read cards. So they had a strong end to the match, but they'll be looking to rectify how that match started for them. And in terms of Olympic, they it, it could easily be a draw and an Olympic win because the way they played against Canberra Croatia was uh, absolutely stunning and uh, they thoroughly deserve that victory. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to go with the Monaro one here, but very tight margins in this one, not a lot in it. Do you have any thoughts on this one, Ross? Yeah, I think Robbie Katnash would be disappointed his team didn't get to play on the weekend to yep. ride the wave of that 5-1 win over Canberra uh, Croatia. Um, they'll fancy their chances at home against the Panthers. They've got a lot of pace on the break and um, the Panthers don't particularly enjoy playing against pacey teams, so, but they're slowly coming good, aren't they, Monero? They haven't quite hit their straps, but they're, they're picking up points um, when it matters. It's going to be a good game. This one is our Saturday game on Bar TV. Myself and Andy Bunnell should be bringing you this one, weather permitting. Might end up at West Canberra Wanderers Gungarland, depending on <laughs> if things don't get shifted. But I think it's going to be a good game, this one. I think it's going to be plenty of goals in it. It's difficult to pick a winner, isn't it? And uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is a draw. Next game, we have Tuggeranong United up against Belconnen United, uh, Sunday, July 25th, 3pm at Canberra there. So this one's going to be tough. Uh, obviously, there's a lot uh, going well for Belconnen United in terms of finally getting themselves back in the winner's column. That's going to give that playing group uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of confidence heading into uh, an away fixture like, like this. And Matt, you touched on it there with Tuggeranong United before about their encounter with Menera and you know they got the lead in that one they're playing very well up until they you know uh got the red card and were down uh to, to 10 men obviously they're still uh seeking their uh first uh victory as well does it come this weekend I'm not too sure I think I'm going to go with uh Belconnen United um I think that the fact that they've regrouped um, they've managed to put those past results behind them and finally get themselves a very important win that's going to do their top four hopes a massive favour. Um, I expect them to carry that over until into this Tuggeranong game. Yeah, look, I think this has the writings of a draw, in my opinion. Uh, I, I remember calling this game with Russ when we uh, when these team, teams last faced each other. Belconnen were sort of on top at first and they seemed like to create a lot of chances, but then Tuggerong started to get into the game and it was uh, probably a well-deserved draw at the end of the matchup. Tuggerong, like I mentioned, they they were, like I said, they'll be disappointed they didn't get a result from that one after their red card. They had a very good performance, especially the start of the match against Monaro. Belconnen, like I said, the question is, can they put the consistency together? Their first victory since round five. So let's see if this is the catapult for them. I just think that Tuggerong, after last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, uh, they're going to put in that sort of performance that will at least warrant a draw. So I'm going to go with the draw for this one. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Quite simply, Tuggerong have to win. They're yeah. nine points from safety. There's 21 points to play for. 
They've got to win this football match. If they don't win this football match, then all of a sudden the gap between them and Belconnen becomes um, 14 points. The gap, if Monero win on the weekend, the gap between Tuggerong and safety is 14 points with 21 to play. And you'd have to say they're down. Um, even though mathematically they're still in with a chance. So they must win this game on the weekend. So Mitch Stevens needs to pull a rabbit out of the hat. He needs to do whatever he's got to do to get a team together because Balcony United not had the greatest run this season, have they? But that win on the weekend makes a big difference from them. They were nervously looking over their shoulder at 14 points, thinking if Tuggerong win against Olympic and then they beat Belconnen, the gap's two. That win on the weekend for Belconnen is so big for them. Um, they'll want to think, they'll look at this one going well. We're still in with a shout at the top four here. More importantly, we probably make ourselves safe if we get three points on the weekend. So this one's got the makings of a, of a huge game for both sides. Um, it's going to be a tough one to call. I think, Matt, with your draw, might be... It depends on the attitude of Tuggerong United's players. Do they believe that they can stay up? Do they believe that they've got the ability within that squad to get a result and stay up? They need to start fighting because every point's critical. Otherwise, they're playing MPL 2 next year. And last up, Michael? We've got Tigers FC up against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, Sunday, July 25th, 3pm uh, at Nijong Oval. Um, apologies for that. I was kind of uh, having my eye on the uh, MPL2 uh, uh, round of uh, games there. But nevertheless, uh, this is the last game that we've got for MPL1. Um, it's obviously a cracking fixture. Um, I'm a massive fan of the Tigers FC, uh, Canberra, Croatia games. Uh, they're always a... Uh, a spectacle uh, to watch. There's a lot of quality for, for both teams, uh, regardless of what Canberra Croatia have endured the last couple of weeks. And, you know, they've conceded 10 goals in the last two games. So this is going to be a massive test uh, for them. And Russ, you touched on the possible absentees that they uh, might not have available to them uh, this weekend, uh, which could definitely uh, hurt them. Uh, and, and I mean, Tigers FC are in such fantastic form uh, at, at the moment. I guess we've been saying that for the last month, month and a half in particular, uh, Matt, uh, over this podcast. I mean, they've just been um, absolutely sensational. Uh, and it's a massive game um, in terms of if Tigers manage to get a win, uh, they'll, they'll go top of the table and still have uh, a game in hand uh, as well. So uh, there's a lot riding there uh, for uh, Tigers FC if they do manage to get a win there at home at Nijong, albeit if it does uh, go ahead, um, waiting, obviously, to see what happens with the weather during the week. Uh, but I'm going to go for a Tigers FC win uh, in this one. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I'm going to go for the Tigers FC win. And I know that, like I said, I know they haven't had the best of um, runs against Canberra Croatia, but just... The way that the last two matches have played out, like I said, unless Canberra Croatia can work something out defensively to combat that, that's what Tigers FC do best. And like I said, I know they show up for this game all the time. I was going to go for a draw. Like if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have went with a draw on this one. But after the last couple of weeks in the, in the form Tigers are in, I'm going to go with Tigers. But it'll be close. It's not going to be a... I don't think it's going to be a 5-1, uh, another 5-1 repeat. But if it does... That would be uh that would Experience be an interesting uh, hat trick, I think. But uh, Russ, any thoughts on uh, this massive matchup? Way back in round one, um, you and me, yep. mate, went to Nigel, and we spent an hour's car journey back from from the game, having watched Canberra Croatia beat Tigers three 0 
and absolutely cruise to victory and look incredible going, how is anyone going to beat this team? How is anyone going to beat Canberra Croatia? They look so good. And we were talking about the players that they were had to come in and they were just in great form. And it's just, it just goes to show how much it's turned around, doesn't it? And Tigers FC are just in rampant form at the moment. Um, you mentioned it, Michael, if they, if they win on the weekend, they're top of the table, they'll still have the two games in hand because they've got Gungarland and Monero Panthers to play as well. So it's in yeah. their hands, if that's the case. It's still in their hands anyway. For Canberra Croatia, they've got to win it. They have to win it. I mean, not only for the fact that they put, put that gap between themselves and Tigers and then it forces um, Ryan Grogan's team to come and win some matches, but just for their own sanity. Um, they've lost five games this season. That's about that's more than the um, same amount as Bell Conan um, and more than the, both of the teams below them, Gungarland and Tigers, which is incredible. Um, it's only the fact they've won nine and not haven't drawn any that's, uh, that's kept yeah. them at the top of the par. But... You just don't know what you're going to get with Canberra Croatia. Sometimes they turn up and they, they look brilliant. And all too often this season, they've looked quite vulnerable. And I don't know if you watched the commentary on the weekend. I went through the numbers of the players that they had in the team, the back four, the, the midfielders, the front three. They're all super experienced players. They've all had, you know, over 80-odd games of, of MPL experience. And for them to, to go out there on the weekend, wherever it's played, whether it's at Nigel, whether it's in Canberra somewhere, wherever it's going to be, um, to get a result is, is vital for them. For Tigers, well, they've had a week off, haven't they? And they've sat there and they looked at it going, well, they've just been beat 5-1. Our nearest rivals have got beaten again. Um, they've got lots to look forward to. They've got the cup coming up as well against IPL Leichhardt. Um, right. Everything would point to a Tigers victory, but there's nothing um, as difficult to beat as a wounded animal in Canberra, Croatia, will be bitterly, bitterly disappointed with what's happened the last two weeks. This is going to be a cracker, I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be goals aplenty. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game of football. As to which way it's going to go, well, you'd have to say on form, Tigers look likely, but you never write Canberra Croatia off. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. MPLW, Matty Moore joining us on a moment's notice. Thank you very much. Matty, how's it going today? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Two weeks in a row. Very excited. Must have been must have been all right last week to, to get another call up. So, make make yeah. it three weeks in a row, mate, because I like to do one week on, one week off with you and Jeremy. So I don't want to ruin that. Uh, I don't want to ruin that, uh, that uh, order. Awesome. Well, you know, you can just get rid of Jeremy, mate. I'm happy to do it every week. <laughs> I just wish we had you on a little earlier so we can get you. There's no point uh, tallying up your predictions now because by the time we had you on, we're like just over a, a round of the way through. So next season, you're uh, you, Jeremy, Michael, and I. That'll be the uh, that'll be the prediction. Uh, that'll be the prediction tally. Probably better for me that uh, I wasn't in the predictions. The, the way I think I've been going. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get started. Michael, what's our first uh, first, what's match? Our first match of the week? Yeah, so we had Doconor United pick up a big away win uh, at the expense of West Canberra Wanderers, uh, 3-0 uh, for the visitors. Uh, Bobbin with a double and uh, Backhouse uh, getting herself on the score sheet as well. Like I mentioned, big win for Belconnen United as it temporarily puts them uh, level on the ladder with uh, Canberra Croatia. Uh, depending on the catch-up game between uh, Croatia and uh, Gungahlin, of course, um, the defeat for West Canberra means um, uh, that it ends their four-game uh, winning streak. And I, I know that's something that we harped on uh, last episode about how well they had been doing. Um, and obviously, they it would have been an amazing feat for them to make it five in a row, but it just wasn't meant to be it. And, you know, it, they lost to quality opposition in Belconnen United. There's no denying that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they match up against uh, Olympic, whom um, they have not been able to to beat this season. So that, that'll be interesting. And 
but their form has proven they can they can win in any circumstance and uh, we'll definitely be fighting for uh, a top four spot uh, come the season end. Uh, what were your thoughts on this uh, result, uh, Matty? Yeah, it was probably uh, the 3-0 probably surprised me a little bit. I think last week I, I thought it would be a draw, so another reason not to put me in the predictions pool next year. <laughs> um, and well, that's what I'll... it's for. It's all about a laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially MPL1. You should say MPL1 results. Sorry. Um, and I think uh, I was actually quite impressed with Belconnen's approach to this. They 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 really took away some of the the natural threats that um that West Canberra were going for. The the ability in that and we spoke about that Melrose is a hard place to go against West Canberra. It's so tight, it's so small, and their defensive structures have been so good. And um Bill Connor United made a really deliberate attempt um on the on the weekend to go around as opposed to going through the middle like they've done uh traditionally and and that's where they've they've sort of had some problems against Canberra Croatia and things like that as well. And there was a couple of movements, especially around the 20 minute mark where uh, I think you can basically watch it go from the right back and shuffle all the way around through to the left back. And they actually, you know, do a little combination play and, and release you and down the line. And that was something we haven't really seen a lot of. And I think that posed some different questions for, um, for West Canberra that, that they struggled to adjust to. And, and their sort of desire to, when they won the ball to go forward immediately, started to cause them a bit of um, issues as well. They, they weren't really direct, but they weren't really direct in central areas, um, which, which really caused them a problem because Michaela Thornton in particular sat a little bit deeper um, and she was able to pick a lot of those things off on the weekend and, and the two centre-backs um, had, a, had a bit of an easier uh, a go because the, the ball wasn't really getting in, in behind like it had traditionally and, and even when they played out through the goalkeeper, there was a lot of, lot of balls that, that were longer and a bit direct, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But because they were so central, um, Belconnen just had the numbers and they were easily picking them off. And, and I think the addition of Sam Price through that middle area as well was really important. Um, on, on the weekend, it, it gave the ability for Thornton to, to set off because pick, um, Price can pick apart a defence. And, and in a small field like that, she, she, she was a really valuable contributor. And, and although they didn't need her as much, she could potentially be a little bit of a game changer for them going forward. She hasn't spent as much time in, in first grade as people might have uh, predicted. But um, it, was, it was an interesting, interesting one that, that certainly fizzled out um, at about the, the 50th minute mark. Like it was pretty much all running for Bill Connor from there. And um, they're probably a little bit disappointed not to... Um, Get a few more goals. I know there was a great save towards the top right hand corner about the 60th minute mark by the West Canberra uh, keeper, which was which was brilliant. And you know, as you guys mentioned, with with you know the Canberra Croatia Gungalan game postponed um, to be equal on points, you'd rather have those points in the bag and put the pressure back on Canberra Croatia now to to win and and get that buffer back than than be chasing. Um, so that, that was pleasing. Look, West Canberra are they. We wondered um, what it'd be like when they came up against the two the two top dogs, and and what we found is that you know okay um, they've still got some improvement to go, which which is fine. But top four aspirations should should well and truly still be at the forefront of their mind, and uh, I think they've still got the ability to to pick up points against that group around them to to potentially solidify themselves and and stay in that top four role. So 
you know, that Bill Connor will be happy with the result and West Canberra won't be discouraged by what happened either, I don't think, yesterday. Yeah, 100%. It was, but like you mentioned, very, very important victory for Belconnor United. All right, next up, uh, this is a match I covered with uh, Paul Townsley. Shout out to Paul Townsley for uh, joining me on a moment's notice. It was just a bit of, a, you know, with the, we're supposed to do, of course, the Canberra Croatia and Gagala match and then the, then the cancellation of the fields. And then we thought we might be doing the, uh, the, the, the Belco West Canberra match. And then we ended up, uh, being told this is the match we're doing. And then uh, Paul did it on a moment's notice. So credit to him. Uh, it was 4-1, 4 nil. sorry. Uh, Canberra Olympic, big victory over Tugger on United. Vandenbroek with a hat-trick and Ashley Sykes with uh, a goal. Huge win for Canberra Olympic as this puts them back in the top four above West Canberra on goal difference though. Very good performance from Vandenbroek. She was the standout hat-trick Um her third goal, I thought, was her best. It was sort of the epitome of run of timing a run correctly. You could see she was what she she held off her run, looked to the side, and just pushed on. Simple, but I thought it was very good because too often you don't see strikers timing their run or at least looking to time their run. And they and she and it was like the epitome of it. And I thought it was terrific in that regard. Heather Garriock made her return after, of course, being on the Euros coverage on Optus. Uh, she was pivotal in that deep lying playmaker role. She, it wasn't like the um, the match that we saw her against uh, against Gangala Maddie, where she pushed more forward. She was more of a deep lying playmaker in this regard. Still creating a lot though. Um, one player I don't think gets a lot of um, praise is Sienna Farah. I thought she was terrific at right back. Uh, they play with a four at the back this time, not a three at the back. And she created a lot. She started a lot of runs, a lot of transitions going forward. Very solid defensively as well. She's done very well uh, this season. Uh, in terms of Tuggeron United, though, unfortunately, they once again fall short. But I thought they, you can see the, the progression they made this season. The, the way they, you know, the, um, the positioning they had on the field was, was really good. The way they pressed, especially in the first half, was really good. Unfortunately, Sophie Rolf got injured. Just before halftime, went off at halftime. Sophie Bowie once again had to come uh, in goals. I believe she was the one that played in goals last week. She played a half. This one, I'll tell you what, she was terrific. She made some fantastic... I know she conceded two goals in the second half, but she made some fantastic saves. Saving Ashley Sykes, not a lot... You know, a lot of the general keepers find it hard to save Ashley Sykes, and she's saved a couple of her shots. Vandenbrook, she saved a couple of shots who was on fire. Like I said, Vandenbrook was uh, man of the match in... Uh, sorry, woman, woman of the match in that one. So credit to Sophie Bewey. She did very well there. Um, so still positives to take out from Tuggeron. Like I said, only a matter of time, they are going to get that victory. Uh, but unfortunately for them, it's always back against the wall with some sort of situation they've got going. What were your thoughts on this one, Matty? Yeah, look, it was an improved performance from Olympic. We, we saw last week that they were, they were terrible out of the gate. And your point about the timing of the run, I think is absolutely crucial. And you bang on about how important it is because it probably cost Olympic the game last week in the second half uh, where Vandenbroek and Sykes um, just couldn't combine to, to get those free shots on goal. So uh, Nicole Bill will be thrilled that they've been able to fix that um, in the week. That The addition of Garriock was important. Um, they really missed that controlling influence um, last week. They just didn't have somebody in a central area. And it doesn't have to be a central midfielder. It can be a central defender as well. But they, they didn't have somebody in that central area who could just get everybody to take a breath um, and just relax and, and sort of regain that, that composure. Um, 
uh, and her addition was was probably vital in the way that they controlled the game and uh, and progressed down the field. You're right about Farah. Uh, her her efforts have been fantastic. Um, another one for me is probably goes a little bit unnoticed is um, Jameson, the captain. Her her work uh, around the park not a, not a hugely vocal leader from what I've seen, but I, I've rarely seen a see her play a bad game and she's able to shift into that central area of defense if needs to. She's got the ability to play wide and overlap and ask different questions. So she's another one that it's going to be really key in this sort of drive home for um for Canberra Olympic in the next few weeks. So they they'll be happy because last week was a you know that that would have hurt really. I mean they they lost a game in 45 minutes and they couldn't get back into it but they seem to have made some really quick uh, corrections, which is positive. And let's be honest, the Tuggerong team that's that's improving on, on a pitch at O'Connor that you know was a bit bit soft and a bit bit boggy in patches. That's that's easy to come unstuck and have two bad weeks in a row. But the fact that they've been able to get back in the top four on on goal difference and create a you know yep, Gungahlin have got a game in hand as well, but create a four point gap from them gives them a little bit of breathing room and. And Tuggerong, again, they, they continue to improve. It's probably the bet you mentioned the pressing. That's probably the most organised press and consistent press that I've seen from them so far this year. And, you, you know, we've said it before, Paolo Romero's um, influence on this unit is, is continuing to, to grow and grow every week. And, you know, the, the third cycle of matches that we're about to come to, they'll, they'll certainly show a, show a vast improvement. They'll be worried about the Sophie Rolf injury, no matter how good the the backup did. And and I think for them, it, it's just a matter of getting all those, those sort of key personnel on the, on the park at the same time for Togrenal. They always seem to be, you know, just missing someone, you know, whether it's a, a Steph Coates or an Emma or, or a Condon or, or a Rolf, you know, or a McGee or something like that. They're, they're always missing someone. If they can get that best 11 on the park, they're going to create absolute havoc. And, and we saw that with West Canberra a few weeks ago. So, you know, the, the positive thing from their point of view is they, they went out and got absolutely towed up by Bell Conan. Um, and they've been able to pull it together, you know, put some structures in place, get that press a little bit more organised and ask some really challenging questions of another top four contender. So so I think, that, you know, there's nothing but upside there for them at the same time. Yeah, so our next matchup and our last uh, matchup uh, of this round, uh, seeing as though Gungahlin versus Canberra Croatia was... Uh, cancelled and that match will be uh, rescheduled at some point uh, was Canberra United Academy uh, picking up a massive win at the expense of uh, Walker City Wanderers, a big 6-0 win. Uh, Ruth Muller uh, with two, Perry, uh, Christopherson uh, with a double and uh, Grove getting on the score sheet as well. Uh, A big win for Canberra United Academy. It puts them in third place, uh, which holds them in good stead. Uh, it puts them two points uh, ahead of West Canberra and Olympic uh, as well. So that just uh, boasts their top four chances even more. Um, and it gives them a little bit of consistency now that we haven't been able to see throughout the year. Um, you know, they've got uh, two wins in a row. We can't say that that's happened uh, to them that many times uh, this season. They've really struggled for, um, you know, a good run of games or to develop any sort of, consistent uh, performances on, on the pitch. And th- that's what it seems like they're able to do it at the moment. And they're doing it at a good moment as well. 
uh, as the season is nearing its end. Uh, they're really looking like they can put a bit of form together with two wins in, two wins in a row now, third place um, secured for the time being. Um, and let's not forget uh, before last week, uh, they hadn't had a victory since round eight against Canberra, Croatia. So that just shows how quickly uh, their fortunes uh, have turned right around. Uh, it's a, But at the, at the end of the day, it's another tough uh, day at the office for Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, it's a rough uh, away trip uh, to make down to uh, Canberra, especially uh, considering the form that uh, the academy uh, find themselves in now. Uh, Maddie, what did you make of this uh, result? I mean, I touched on it there. Um, you know, uh, we, we said a few weeks ago that we weren't really sure where the academy were going to end up. Uh, that they weren't able to put a good run of games together. And now it seems that they've um, got it together a little bit on the, on the pitch. And, you know, that's back-to-back wins now. They're, they're, third, they're obviously in third place now, two points ahead. Uh, they've managed to turn things around at the right time, haven't they? Yeah, and that, that victory on the weekend was key for them because they, they got the win against Olympic last week. Um, and with the win that Olympic had, they would have seen themselves outside the four again and it would have kind of undone everything they, they did the week before. Um, they'll be really pleased with Ruth Muller in particular because Hunt didn't play and we know she picked up a bit of a wrist injury last week. So my assumption is that's what's kept her out and, and we don't know how serious that is. But Hunt's been such a vital presence for them from a physical point of view. Um, as well as a little bit from, from an experience point of view. So Ruth Muller doesn't have the experience, but she's been a recognised goal scorer since she was about 12, right? You know, she she's tall, she's strong, she can find the back of the net. Um, and her introduction there would, would have been really, really key. And I think the thing that would have been really pleasing, uh, really pleasing for Vicky and her team is that this was a bit more of a complete performance than last week. So we saw them absolutely decimate Olympic in the first 45 last week and then and then disappear for about 30 minutes and it was only in the last 15 minutes they were able to scramble enough together for, for the victory so this was a far more complete match um, from their point of view you know that they're, they're getting used to life without Annie Grove there anymore she's you know off in the US uh, in, in Baltimore doing her thing and um, they they do seem to be hitting form you're, you're right Michael that the key for them will be what happens in the next probably next probably week or two um, because you, you mentioned, you know, the win against Canberra, Croatia, and it just seemed to drop from there. It's going to be really important for them to um, pick up the points that they didn't pick up against your, your West Canberras and your, um, your Gungarlands in particular, where it's been sort of tight contest, you know, I think they've got a big game against Canberra, Croatia this weekend. So they'll be, you know, they'll be fresh for that. Um, you imagine Croatia, given they've had the weekend off, but, the patterns of play seem to be there. It's really interesting to see that there's a couple more of the recognised reserve grade plays um, that are getting a bit more of a run, almost like they've tried to freshen up and put a bit of pressure on, on those more experienced players. Um, but, you know, positive overall for, for the academy. And, and now it's about probably getting in the next three weeks, they probably want two out of three wins in the next three weeks. And, and that should um, make them reasonably safe in that in that top four bot battle, I say reasonably safe because, you know, like like we said, they had won since they beaten Canberra Croatia and, and they were struggling to score. So, uh, real positive. Wagga City, look, it's hard. You know, you, you go into a synthetic a synthetic pitch that's big too. Like it's it's a big pitch, Walker, and 
mm-hmm. and their pressing game was just slightly off um, yesterday. I thought I thought Wagga to to the best of their their endeavours, and and that makes it that little bit more challenging on a team against a team who's who's driven to reinforce their their top four credentials, and you know who uh, are trying to ensure, especially with some of the younger guys like Ruth Muller, they're trying to ensure that their position in that in that first grade squad is maintained as well as. Um, you know, people trying to replace you, your Annie Groves and your, and your things like that. So, you know, what Walker, it's, it, it's hard. You know, I, I don't envy them traveling every couple of weeks and and still trying to, I guess, have the the new players that they've brought in recently adapt to the structures and the systems. And and it is a challenge. And I got nothing but credit for for Sam and the crew down there because these guys turn up week in week out and and they do it. And and again, for them, the positives are that they haven't conceded five goals in a patch. You know they've, they've conceded, might have conceded a couple close together, but they've been able to reset and go again and and push. And I'll, I'll be really interested to see the next time Walker and Tuggerong uh, go against each other because two teams that are vastly improved that that we keep thinking or might be on the verge of doing something a little bit a little bit special in terms of victory. And, and it'll be really interesting to see how that how that plays out the next time these guys come across each other. All right, let's get straight into the round fifteen preview slash predictions. Let's start with the only Saturday matchup of the round. Of course, this everything is weather permitting, uh, considering the, uh, the, the the forecast of the weekend. First up, we've got Belconnen United against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday 24th of July at, sorry, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Uh, Jeremy said Belco for this one. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say Belconnen as well. Uh yeah, Belconnen seemed to be absolutely ruthless when they faced the Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, Matty? Yeah, Bel- Belconnen for me. I don't, you're right, I don't know what it is about Wagga that brings out the goals for Belconnen, but they, they seem to do it. And I would expect Belconnen to be on an absolute tear for goals uh, this weekend. Given that they play on the Saturday, that'll put them three... Pe- we would expect that would put yeah. them three points ahead on the ladder, boost that goal difference and put all the pressure back on Canberra, Croatia uh, for what is potentially a really tricky, um, you know, match, match for them that we'll talk about shortly. Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for Belconnen United uh, in this one uh, as well. I think they're just going to have uh, obviously a bit uh, too much, uh, seeing that they're one of the premier sides uh, in this MPLW uh, season. Uh, they're just, they're going to be too good. Uh, I, I feel. Now, this next one is a very, very interesting one. West Canberra Wanderers against Canberra Olympics, Sunday, 25th of July, 12.45 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. Let's not forget, uh, Olympic have quite a few players that used to play for West Canberra Wanderers last season. Olympic also do have the upper hand this season against West Canberra Wanderers. I believe they've gotten both the victories, both very close. I think one was 2-1 and the other was... One nil, I think, or it was two one. Regardless, there's only one goal difference between them. After what I saw from the weekend against Canberra Olympic, I believe Canberra Olympic are going to get the victory in this one. It's going to be very, very close, though. Um, Rachel Hardwick as well came on. I forgot to mention with only a, like five minutes or something to go, she had the, the few injury concerns. That was a later call up, so she it looks like she's getting back to full fitness as well. That's a, also going to be a boost for Olympic. Yeah, I'm going to go for an Olympic uh, victory in this one. It's going to be a close matchup, though. Uh, Michael, uh, I'm I'm going to, I'm leaning towards a draw. 
All right. Uh, in this one, I think that both teams are, you know, evenly uh, matched. And I think that their sort of positions in the table sort of highlight those uh, feelings. Um, there's not too much to separate them, although Canberra Olympic obviously coming off uh, that uh, impressive uh, performance against uh, Tigernong United, whereas West Canberra Wanderers are going to be looking to bounce back after you know, their, their match against uh, Bill Conan. Uh, but I, I think that it's going to be a draw uh, in this one. That's the feeling I'm getting. Matty? Yeah, I'm with you, Michael. I think it's a draw as well. I think I think the yo-yo form that we've seen from Canberra Olympic probably continues this week. Um, West Canberra, as you said, out, out to, you know, re-establish and prove a little bit of a point. I think we end up with a with a score draw uh, somewhere. So West Canberra probably cursing me because I said that against Belcon and they lost. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. I, I think just, Jeremy uh, did as well, to be fair. It wasn't just you. Oh, good. I'll blame Jeremy then. Good one, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think this one ends up a draw as well. And Jeremy says a Canberra Olympic victory. All right. Canberra Croatia, Canberra United Academy. This should be a very interesting one. Sunday, July 25th, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Let's not forget, Canberra United Academy have a loss against Deakin in competitive play this season in terms of the league. Uh, the first match of the, of the season was a draw, and the second one was an impressive 3-1 victory for Canberra United Academy. Despite that, Canberra Croatia have really solidified themselves since that loss against the Academy. They've been on an absolute tear. They've steamrolled a lot of the teams, uh, they've been very, very impressive, very, very efficient, very, very good defensively, despite their very good form against Canberra Croatia. I'm going to go for, uh, uh, in terms of the academy, I'm going to go for a Canberra Croatia victory here. Jeremy says the same, but this is going to be a close one. And I do think CUA are going to put up a very good performance. Uh, Matty? Yeah, so I, I think the academy's got a really good opportunity here with Canberra Croatia not playing last week and I made the comment before that, that that they'll be fresh but you know they will also not play a competitive game for X amount of days. It might sort of halt the sort of the steam train that is- Yeah that's right because I think last week I referred to them as the big red machine and they were they certainly were they certainly were that mm. um, but I think in the first 20 minutes it, if the academy can get a goal in the first 20 minutes and really spook uh, Canberra, Croatia, then then it leads, uh, it gives them the opportunity to probably pinch a draw. I, I, I still think Canberra, Croatia are going to do it. Um, I think once they work that rust off, I think from about the 30th minute mark onwards, um, they'll, they'll start to, to run the show. Um, but the key will be for the academy that first 20 minutes. Can you get a little bit of shock and awe um, and set yourselves up for, you know, for, for a battle for the, for the remaining 70 minutes? Michael? Yeah, I'm in agreement uh, with, with you boys. I'm, I'm going to go for Canberra, uh, Croatia uh, in this one. Uh, but I do think, um, you know, Canberra United Academy, um, you know, judging by their uh, performances against Canberra, Croatia um, this season from what we've seen, um, probably are the, are the best side in terms of having uh, Canberra, Croatia's number. Um it, you know what I mean? So um, obviously the draw uh, and, and a victory uh, to to have to their name against uh, this Canberra Croatia outfit is definitely a bit of a mental edge that they'll that they'll have uh, that will that should present a bit of a factor uh, in this matchup. But I think um, given 
how good Canberra Croatia are uh, at the sort of top of the table. Uh, I expect them to get the victory uh, in this one, but it certainly won't be easy. Um, uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if uh, CUA were to get a, another win in this one, to be honest, but I do think uh, Croatia are going to be the winners for me. Yeah, it's probably interesting. It's probably it's the only black mark on Canberra Croatia's season, really, isn't it? Like they're the yeah. only ones that that they haven't been able to, you know, put to the sword in some way, shape, or form. And I just wonder how that, you know, how that drives them, whether it comes into it at all. You know, Nick Nick and the team might not particularly care. Um, if it's me, um, I'm I'm making that a real point as we head out to the, to the game on the weekend to say, well, this is the only team all year that we haven't beaten. We need to, you know, not in, not in a mean way, we need to show them who's boss heading into finals because if they're there, we don't want, you know, a bunch of 17-year-olds buzzing around full of confidence yeah. um, when, when we meet them because God knows what happens in a finals game. And last up, we've got Gungala United against Tuggeron United Sunday, July 25th, 3pm. I think it's safe to say, though, it won't be a Gungalian uh, enclosed. <laughs> So sure. I think for the tagline, I'm just going to have to put definitely not to be uh, to be yeah. determined or something like that because <laughs> that's definitely uh, I think that's definitely a uh, guarantee yeah, of that, yeah, one. that one. Look, yeah. I'm going to say a Gungali United victory here. In saying that, though, Tuggeron United might fa- they might fancy themselves in this one. Uh, Gungali United don't exactly have um, the best of form uh, going into this one, and we all know that Gungali United, uh, sorry, Tuggies, Tuggies have improved quite a bit. Uh, the issue for them is, will so- Sophie Rolf be there? Will she not be there? Let's. Uh, I do think, like, even though Bowie did do well in goals, I thought she did pretty well pressing forward last week. I, she was their most dangerous player probably going forward in that first half. So uh, they could be missing that, uh, of course, that outlet going forward against them. And there's uh, unfortunately for Tuggies, there's always something not going their way. Uh, Jeremy says Gungala victory as well. Michael, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Gungahlin United uh, victory. I mean, I, I do want to highlight the importance that I placed on uh, how big of a weekend we thought Gungahlin were going to have uh, against uh, Canberra, uh, Croatia, in, in terms of the context of their season. Uh, so it'll be definitely interesting to see how they come back after having a week off and if that's going to do the players any good uh, or if they're going to be a bit rusty Um to begin with, and then having to work themselves uh, into the game against a hard-working uh, Tuggeranong United outfit. So um, it'll all just depend on what Gungahlin United uh, turns up. But I would have loved to see that um, that game last week. Um, so it's un- unfortunate that, uh, that 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 match had to get po- postponed. But nevertheless, Gungahlin United, the motive still remains the same. They need to get a victory, and they, they really need to start building some form because uh, they've been way too inconsistent uh, this season, as, and especially for the personalities that they have in their team. Um, they, they should be doing better. Uh, and, and, I, and I expect that that's what Diego uh, feels as well. Um, obviously, it's a tough competition and there are a lot of good teams, but I think he would have he would be expecting uh, better out of his outfit. And then I think it can, uh, you know, that, that they can get a good win uh, this weekend and that'll give them a lot of confidence going forward, especially when they have to play this um, rescheduled uh, match against uh, Canberra Croatia that could prove pivotal for their top four chances. Matty? Yeah, look, Michael was spot on last week in terms of the importance of that game against Canberra Croatia. And, and I wonder from a mental aspect now how 
missing that game and having to go and play Tuggerong. And, and no offence to Tuggerong, they're not Canberra Croatia. That's a bit of a letdown for, for them and, and how they respond to that. Um, you know, they're, they're four points down, out, or four points out of the four. They've got a game in hand. By the time they kick off, they'll have a pretty good idea in terms of that West Canberra, Canberra Olympic game as yeah. well, which might mean that they're, you know, further out you know, well, they'll be further out of the, the four one way or another, whether it's a draw or a win to somebody. Um, and they just, well, the reality is they can't afford not to take three points here. Um, and I know I said last week, I don't trust them and I, and I don't expect them to, to make the four. And, and I stand by that, um, you know, today. But the reality is if, if they can't pick up three points here, then they are definitively done for the year. And, and they'll know it, irrespective of what happens in that makeup game. They're, they're probably going to be too far out because we're in the sprint now. There's seven weeks left. Mm-hmm. You end up seven points behind with seven weeks to go. That's a that's a big ask. Look, that and that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, as well. The all-interesting matchup this weekend. A lot of subplots in all of them. All right, that's us done for MPLW. Thank you as always, Matty. Uh, cheers. Thanks heaps, boys. Thanks, Matty. Awesome. See you next week. All right, that's us for MPL1. On to MPL2. Let's start with a huge result for Wagga City Wanderers on the weekend. 3-2 victory over Brindabella Blues. Uh, Blaskovic and, and Gibbs with the goals for Brindabella. Lucas, Suleiman and Ocheng with the goals for Wagga City Wanderers. Like I mentioned, huge, huge victory, which catapults Wagga City Wanderers from last place to sixth, sixth place. All three scorers have uh, sort of grown over the season and produced again, once again, this week. Um, they'll tr- let's see if they can use this as a platform, Wagga City Wanderers, moving forward. And But the Brindies, though, they'll be uh, bitterly disappointed that they conceded in the final stages of the matchup. And once again, they were fighting from behind. They conceded first, um, which has been all too often their um, Achilles heel this season. They've conceded first and they've fought back either to a, a drawing position or a winning position. And, and unfortunately for them, this also means that um, this also means that they uh, drop from sixth place to seventh place. I think they're only above Western Malonglo on goal difference at the moment. Uh, so they're technically both tied last. So for Brenda Bellard, sort of deja vu in that regard that they've found themselves in a, having to fight back, but they'll be disappointed that they uh, let in a goal in the uh, dying stages of the matchup. What are your thoughts on this result, Russ? Sorry, before we pass it over to uh, Russ, I just uh, want to say, I don't know how anyone hasn't mentioned that Russ is playing for Brindabella Blues now and he's managed to get himself in the sport for him. I, I, I did think that originally, but it didn't come through in my mind today. But yeah. I saw that. Yeah, no, I would have told you if it had been me. I've been chatting about it for ages. And there's young Joshua Gibbs who got that one, he, wasn't it? You would have posted that all over. Yeah. 100% it would have been the greatest goal ever scored. Well done. Well done, Gibbsy. Great finish, son. Um, what I was going to say is that lightning doesn't strike twice. They say, well, it does if you're Brindabella Blues, doesn't it? J- um, Jacob Ocheng in the 90th minute. Again, knock them out of the FFA Cup um, coming from behind with a goal in stoppage time to win 5-4 in Coolwell. And he's done the same again in away game against the Brindabella Blues in stoppage time as well to win 3-2. And they must be sick, sick to the back teeth of the side of him. Um, you said Zoran Glavine's team got themselves into a winning position at 2-1 and conceded twice in 20 minutes. And Wagga City... Uh, Pleased for them, they don't get many points on their travels. So to come to Canberra and get a victory like that would have made that trip back home ever so sweet. 
Um, and as you say, it propels them from the bottom up into sixth. And we've got a little battle there, though, those bottom three, haven't we, with Weston, Brindabella and Wagga as to who's going to get the wooden spoon in, in MPL2. And that's a good three points for Wagga City Wanderers. For Brindabella Blues, well, it's disappointing um, off the back of their good point against Ugali um, to, to lose to Wagga City Wanderers. And, and it's that inconsistency, I think, that's frustrating for Zoran Glavinich. But he's got a really young group of guys. And, and a win against uh, Weston yes, midweek. Well, that, midweek that, one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just with the, with the young group of players, that's what happens sometimes. You get that inconsistency. But, um, yeah, good result for Wagga City Wanderers. Congratulations to Dave Leonard and his boys. Michael, what's our last matchup of the uh, MPL2 round? Seems a bit short, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very short. We had a lot of uh, cancelled games uh, over this past weekend, but we had Yulgali at home against Queanbeyan City. Uh, the visitors getting uh, a 2-0 win. Uh, goals from Adams uh, from the penalty spot and uh, Tomeski finding the back of the net uh, as well. It's a huge win for Queanbeyan uh, after their disappointing match against uh, O'Connor Knights. Uh, you know, the, the win takes them seven points behind. Um uh, O'Connor and uh, ANU, uh, but they both um, have their match against uh, each other. Uh, so, it, nevertheless, it's an impressive uh, result uh, considering it's always tough. We always talk about the tough uh, travel about going to Griffith. Um, you know, get it, getting your squad ready uh, for for an away game like that, um, and, and getting the win. It it just makes that experience all, all the much better. You don't want to be going out. Uh, on a long away trip and coming up empty-handed. So um, well done to Queanbeyan City for going out there and getting the win so that they can, um, at least for the meantime, keep their status in the top four intact. Um, on the flip side, it's a disappointing result uh, for, for Ugali, uh, not only because they lost, but also because this means that they're now level on points with uh, White Eagles. And the reason why we mentioned that is because Eagles have two games in hand. Uh, so it's not great uh, for Yulgali, uh, but it's fantastic for White Eagles. Um, and obviously they, they have an opportunity to go six points clear in fourth, leaving Yulgali uh, behind in fifth if they're uh, successful uh, in, in that quest. Uh, Russ, what do, what do you make of this result uh, for, for Queanbeyan City? A bit of a uh, much-needed bounce-back win uh, after their disappointing result against uh, O'Connor. Very good result for Queen City, considering the circumstances that they found themselves in. Rory Larkin, their goalkeeper, didn't travel. Phil Teleski um, went in and he was injured in the first couple of minutes. So I think Vasco Petrovsky um, put the goalkeeper's shirt on um, after about 20 minutes, I think. So they played with 70 minutes with a centre-back in nets against a side that, in, in Danny Roche. who's got one of the best strikers in the competition. They've not only won, they've kept a clean sheet. And they've done it in some style. And Michael Adams' penalties, you mentioned Dean Tomeski on the score sheet as well, 2-0 away from home is a perfect away performance, really. Um, and it's they're probably not going up unless there's a complete disaster between ANU and O'Connor. That's where the battle is for promotion to MPL1. I mean, it, it could happen. They could both complete capitulate, I doubt it. So they're going to cement themselves into that top four, and it's all about winning the grand final now for Queen City to give themselves something tangible. Uh, for Ugali, disappointing. They keep, seem to be getting themselves into a situation where they're in the four and they're giving themselves an opportunity and then they drop off again. Um, in, in the defence, Luke Sanson and his lads, seven players under the age of 23, I think he said, on the weekend in their starting 11, which is quite incredible, really. For um, And you've got to remember, and we keep saying it, Griffith isn't that big. 
they, all these lads that they've got are living there and they're, they're getting a team from, from that community to play. I mean, they, yes, they bring people in. And there's still um, so many clubs yeah. in Griffiths as well. Yeah. Despite incredible, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, 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 it's a football town and, yeah. and they love their football there. And, and it's, it's, it's an incredible um, achievement for those guys to keep travelling, et cetera, et cetera. We mention it every week. Uh, so they'll be disappointed that they've been beaten 2-0, but uh, this is a season for them. Hopefully, if they can scrape into the top four, they can give themselves a chance or it's a chance for them to rebuild with a group, a younger group of lads and push on um, and, and maybe maybe achieve what we saw in the FFA Cup when they pushed Tigers, who are now looking likely for pushing towards a league championship to the 90th minute plus. Absolutely. Matt, we ready to move on to the uh, predictions uh, for round 15? Yeah, I just, before we do, I just want to mention yeah. how you mentioned the clean sheet. And I think that's important for Queen City. We haven't seen them do, we've seen them score a lot of goals this season, but not keep a lot of clean sheets. So I think that's very important for them. And it's more importantly, it's a mental win for them because now they put themselves seven points off the uh, the top two. I know they st- the top two still have a match in hand, but at least mentally, Queen City will be in a much better position knowing that they at least got their win uh, before they head into the other matches. So what I'm hearing, if you're Gabby Wilk, is that Rory Larkin doesn't play anymore and Vasco Petrovsky is now your goalkeeper. Is that... Is- <laughs> We're going with, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got you got a clean sheet. Clean so. sheet. <laughs> Gabby, Gabby Wilk will probably, yeah, you probably keep him in goal as opposed to putting him in the in the back line. I, I saw a video of Rory Larkin playing up front in the under twenty threes a couple of weeks ago, and he pinged one pigeon top corner with the left foot. I think so. I mean, maybe there's a bit of a role reversal with the team and throwing it around. I'm sure Mark Shields would mind a run at centre back. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's sort of a bit of a theme because also in the women's uh, in the match I did with Paul Townsley. Uh, Sophie Bowie uh, came, had to uh, second half come on again for Sophie Rolf, and we'll mention it there. But she uh, she she led in two goals, but gee, she made some fantastic saves on Ash Sykes and uh, Van out of Van and Brook as well. So with a bit of a theme here, our players who are not usually keeper are doing pretty well yeah. for themselves off that. And before we move into the matches for the weekend, O'Connor Knights A and UFC that massive matchup postponed. Hope probably a midweek matchup. Hopefully we can get that. I on was going to say we need to see if we can explore yeah. the possibilities of where that's being played and and see if we can get that one because that's huge. Whoever wins that yeah. is probably going up. And uh, Canberra White Eagles and Western Malongo was also postponed over at Woden Park. Enclosed, Michael. What are our matches for round fifteen? Uh, well, first up, we've got <laughs> first up, we've got Queanbeyan City up against the Brindabella Blues Saturday, July twenty fourth. 315 High Street in Queanbeyan. I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City win here um, to go on the back of uh, their result uh, this past uh, weekend. It was an important victory uh, for them and to obviously keep the clean sheet as well only just adds to uh, the importance uh, of that result and um, them having that that slight bit of hope uh, that, you know, that that maybe ANU and O'Connor might slip up uh, in positions like that, they just have to keep on winning. So uh, I'm going to go for Queen City. Yeah, look, I, Brindabella Blues, I know they always step up for this matchup, but considering the narrative this season and considering uh, Queen good performance on the weekend, it's uh, it's hard to look past the Queen uh, City victory, but I always could be wrong, but I'll go with Queen City on this one. Uh, what do you think about this matchup, Russ? Yeah, Queen just got to keep winning, haven't they? I mean, uh, yeah. we mentioned the gap seven points. They've played the same amount of games. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that ANU and O'Connor draw and Queen Bean win, um, Queen Bean win um, their games uh, and, then, and all of a sudden that gap's 
reduced and, and it puts the pressure on the top two. But on the weekend, you'd, you'd have to say, based on Foreman on the league table, that, that Queen Viam will win the game, although Brinda Bella will make it very hard for them because uh, they tend to do reasonably well against Queen Viam. Yes, they do. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, Canberra White Eagles up against ANU, uh, a classic fixture up there at Woden uh, Parking Close, Saturday, July 24th at 3.15. This is going to be a tough game uh, for ANU. Uh, I think White Eagles always seem to try and make it uh, difficult, especially when playing at home, but in particular when uh, playing against uh, ANU. I know there's like a bit of a grudge match there, uh, most definitely between uh, the, the, the two clubs. Uh, it's a bit of a uh, historic uh, fixture in, in MPL 2, to say the least. But uh, I'm going to go for an ANU victory here. Uh, they're just, like O'Connor, they're just the two steam trains in MPL 2. Uh, at the moment that look like they improve that they can't be stopped, I, I should say. So I'm going to go for ANU. Yeah, I think you raise a good point. White Eagles always try for this one. It was a draw in the first round of the season. And then I, I believe ANU won the, uh, the second uh, round matchup between these two. I'm going to go with an ANU victory. Like you said, they just seem like a steam train along with O'Connor at the moment. But White Eagles will put up a good fight. Thoughts on this one, Ross? Yeah, when, you, when you're in this two-horse race as it, as it is at the moment with O'Connor and ANU, you... you they say concentrate on your results and don't worry about yeah. what the opposition are going to do. But yeah. if you're a con, you're looking at this and going, well, where are they going to drop points? Where could they drop points? And White Eagles away could well be the situation yeah. that they do. Uh, it's not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, is it? It's a tough place to go. It's a tough team to play against when their fans get in full voice again um, at the nest if it's on there on the weekend. So it's going to be a tricky one for them. Um, I think and you might just have too much for White Eagles on the day, but there won't be much in this by any chance of imagination. And, and is this the weekend that ANU slip up? Well, we'll wait and see. Next up, we've got Yildali up against Western Malongolo, Saturday, July 24th, 4pm at Solomad Stadium. I'm going to go for a Yildali uh, victory uh, in this one, uh, lads. Uh, I do expect them... Uh, you know, playing at home uh, as well, where they do play um, particularly well uh, to really sort of put themselves out there uh, and put on a good performance uh, at the expense of a Western um, long low side that, you know, has has struggled for predominantly uh, most of the season. So I'm going to go for a Ugali win there. Yeah, look, I'm, I'll agree. I've got to go for Ugali victory. They're going to be raring to go. And Unfortunately for Western Mongo, we keep mentioning the injuries, but that usually affects them whenever they get on the road to Wagga and Griffith. They always seem to have less numbers, and then they they have to call up players from their twenty threes. And I'm not trying, and that's nothing. It's a twenty threes. Their twenty threes team is one of the best in, in the under twenty threes comp. But the issue is they have to back up doing ninety minutes there, and then some yeah. of the players might have to do ninety minutes again, or play a half, or whatever that's the situation right. is. That happened against Wagga when they got when they got some. Um, when they got some points last time. So we'll see how they go, but I'm going to go for Ugali victory here. Any thoughts on this one, Ross? Yeah, ditto what I, ditto what I said about O'Connor Knights for Ugali. Yeah. They'll be um, looking at White Eagles game on the weekend going, well, if ANU can beat them, which they could do, then we can win against Western Malongola. We're back in the foot, in the top four, aren't we? And um, White Eagles have got their games now. One of them's against Queenby and they might lose that. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you, you'd, you'd have to expect Ugali to win at home against um, Western Malongola, given everything you've just said about injuries and that kind of thing. And they'll look to bounce back from that game against Queenby and City. Um, I'd fancy Ugali myself in this one as well. All right, lastly, lads, we've got O'Connor Knights up against Wagga City Wanderers. Kaylin enclosed Sunday, 
July 25th at 3 p.m. I mean, very much for the same reasons I was uh, talking about ANU up against uh, White Eagles. I mean, O'Connor's just a freak train. Uh, no one can really stop either of those two sides at the moment. It's just a, it's just a very tight battle between those two teams in terms of who's going to eventually slightly nudge the other one off to claim uh, promotion to MPL one. Uh, so I'm going to go for uh, O'Connor Knights to get the victory uh, in this game. There's just a lot on the line uh, for them, uh, and like Russ said. Uh, you can't help but feel to look over your shoulder and just see what the other team's doing uh, and, and who they're playing and where they may possibly drop points. But because it's neck and neck and the and the games are getting, you know, the, the games are accumulating and there's not so much left in the season, it's going to come right down to the wire. So you can't help but look over your shoulder just to see what the other team is doing on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but I'm going to go for an O'Connor Knights victory over Wagga City Wanderers. How about you, Matt? Yeah, look, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with an O'Connor victory. But Wagga have put themselves in a good position with that, a victory over Brindabella Blues. So at least they're going to be on a high in that regard. And away from home as well, they got that uh, response. So if you're Wagga City Wanderers, this is the best position that you want to be in heading into a matchup with the likes of an O'Connor Knights. Thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, I was going to say, whoever does a fixture list doesn't like Wagga City much because this is the second <laughs> yeah. of three away trips to Canberra in successive weeks. They've been to Brindabella. They have O'Connor this week. Next week, they go to ANU. And then if that's not enough, they follow that up with a home game against Ugali in the Riverina Derby. So they've got three very tough weeks coming up for Dave Leonard and his team. He must be looking at that fixture list and going, thanks very much, Capital Football, for looking after us there and making us travel at the tail end of a long season three away games in succession. And this one will be a tough one for them. I mean, O'Connor Knights have been putting all to the sword, as you guys have been mentioning. Um, I was lucky enough to do that game at Queenbean City a couple of weeks ago, and they look brilliant. Um, they won 2-0. They could have had more. Um, they look a form side. They look, they've look they got threats all over the park. Wagga City will battle, um, and they'll make it difficult for them, but you'd have to say that the Knights are the favourites for that one. That's us done and dusted for MPL 2. And that's us for the show. Thank you very much, guys. Russ, thanks for joining us. Again, any last words before you head off? Do you know any stories about any uh, midweek no, fixtures not, that are being done? Stories, or... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's lots of midweek fixtures. None that I know of um, at yep. the moment. They haven't been sorted just yet. It's interesting to see. I think some clubs are playing their cards close to their chest right now um, Those fi- before they organise those fixtures to see where they, the land lies for a bit in, in those games. But they've got to be done sooner rather than later. Yeah. Whilst we don't like games being postponed and it's annoying, it does mean that there's some midweek football that we yeah. can bring you on Bar TV as well, which... It helps the week go a bit quicker, I think, doesn't and, it? And hopefully we can get that ANU and O'Connor game. That'd yeah, be great. that'd be interesting. We'll yeah. see if we can get that. I mean, you'd, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I think the response we got from the NBL2 match, and thanks to O'Connor and Queen City for stamping the funds to do that, the response we got from people watching, from people at the ground as well, was great to see the cameras there. And it felt like, Andy Bernal said, it felt like a proper full yeah. location. And you were there, and, you, and yeah, it felt, you felt it, didn't you? And if it's like O'Connor enclosed, I do remember you guys did a few matches there. Was it when... Uh, I remember specifically Riverina Rhinos against Gangala match that was there one year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we can. So, I mean, the yeah. close is fine. We were there yeah. on the weekend, so I mean, if it's, yeah. uh, I mean, you wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to play there midweek, would you? Because there's no lights. But oh um, yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, you I could pull your cars up yeah. on the far side, <laughs> yeah. lamps on, and everything. But I'd imagine that. that I mean. We, you think Woden Park is probably yeah. the likelihood we'd have to shift that little scaffold that they've got over at Melrose. See if we could dump it on the halfway line there on on the other <laughs> side. And, film it so we'll see how we go but i mean i think it'd be good look 
just hoping that the weather doesn't play too much havoc with this weekend and we do get some football on TV because uh, um, finding all the women's games where we were going to go to last week was entertaining, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Now there was a few uh, changes in that one, but it was good that we finally ended up yeah. at a match in that, in that regard. And thanks for having me on again as well. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Any, welcome anytime, Russ. Uh, Michael, any last words before we uh, head off? Well, I, I just hope that, you know, the State League fixtures uh, come back. You know, I haven't played a game in a couple of weeks, so I'm getting a bit getting a bit dusty. I'm going to have to dust the cobwebs off again. If it, but being harsh, Summer said you haven't played a game for quite some time, Michael. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll be I'll be back on that pitch again soon, wreaking havoc, I'm sure. So you know, I'm I'm itching, I'm ready to go. I just hope that the weather doesn't really sort of play too much of an influence in getting the way because um, for Canberra, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll wait and see uh, what happens. But nevertheless, there's a lot of uh, football uh, to be played, a lot of football uh, to to be watched uh, on on Bar TV. So um, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. As always, lots of midweek action over the next couple of weeks coming up, as well as your regular weekend action, fingers crossed, weather deeming. So thank you very much, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week.